Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Not at the desk. See if this affects anything. All right. <clears throat> What's going on, guys? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel Taluk. Man, my head, double H, half And I'm Carl Anker. And we do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, at Talking Tactics. If you're listening on an Apple device, remember to subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If it's five stars, we'll read it on the show. We do have a fantasy football league coming out, guys. So if you look in the description of the podcast, there'll be the link to our fantasy football league. Um, the code's there. You can go to fantasypremierleague.com or whatever. The links will be in the description. So go join our fantasy league and, yeah, compete with us over the course of the season. So let's talk about the community shield. Now, to me, it's just a plate. It's not really that serious. Um, it's a shield, not a plate. It's a shield. It's a shield. What's the difference between a shield and a plate? A plate is what you eat on. A shield is what you use to, to protect your wives and kids from enemies. <laughs> Fair enough. What did, what, did, what did you guys think? I think it's very hard for a team with a new manager trying a new system in a World Cup year without all these players. We saw a weakened version of Chelsea. And we saw a weakened version of Manchester City, but the weakened version of Manchester City is still stronger than most versions of most teams in the Premier League. Basically confirmed what I think a lot of people already knew. Manchester City are the team to beat this season. And Chelsea's sorry experiment, while looking, while showing glimmers of some impressive play, is going to take some time. Pretty much what's, what Carl was saying is that, look, man, at the end of the day, this dude has had this Chelsea guys for two weeks. And when you're looking at what he's trying to do, it is drastically different from what Conte did. So in order for this thing to work, it's going to take time. Chelsea actually had a bit where they were sort of dominating. City didn't have, have the ball and they were really I mean, putting City under pressure. But if, if you've got a break in Morata, you've got a break in Ospatri, you've got a break in Alonso, you've got a semi-break in Fabregas. So you've, you've got about four or five breaks that you're having to deal with. So as much you can do. But with regards to Man City, they're winning the league. The question is how much are they going to win the, the league by? they're going to win the, the Premier League because their squad is deep. And this just showed you how deep their squad is. So I just think that people have to know, are they going to win it by 5 points, 6 points, 20 points? Are they going to embarrass the, the league again? So This is it. Manchester City are the new normal. They have recruited well. Pep Guardiola is, as a manager, the sort of player who will take a B-grade player and can turn him into an A-minus player or can mm-hmm. turn a B-minus player into a B-plus player. Um, and they're only going to get better, you know. We've wildly oscillated on our opinions about John Stones on this podcast, but I think this this could be the season of John Stones where it becomes yeah he is the Barnsley Beckenbauer he is he is the whoa, 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 whoa. it's a nickname whoa. it's a nickname whoa. it's a nickname like when they called Rooney White Pele 
<laughs> that was disgraceful, by the way. It's his, no, it's oh no no no, no no no! That was disgusting. That was that was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Like when they call in the weapon, I mean, Johnstones cannot be mentioned in the same stratosphere as Beckham. Like Beckham, he's a, he's a, he's a horseman. <laughs> the dude is a horseback. Stones cannot oh. sniff, sniffy can sniff Beckham bar. Now, now we have a new sentence. set of World Cup winners. Um, where does Deschamps stand? Because now he's on a World Cup as both a player and a coach. Doesn't count. I don't. I don't care. Like I don't know. Like I'm not. Just, I'm not giving him double, that win. Just, just double checking. Just double checking. Oh, no, are there no, any no, current no. players? Are there any current players in the French team who could who look likely to one day achieve horseman status now? Mbappe. But we gotta see how it goes. Yeah. No. 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 Mbappe is the closest to reaching the horseman. He's the only guy in the French that could potentially be a, a, a horseman. So. Just Mbappe. Yeah. I think you need to have like a yearly horseman induction as like a Hall of Fame ceremony, and then we need like a brick door celebration or ceremony. <laughs> no, 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 so, no. But, but, but see, the the issue with that is I I agree with the, with the brick door, but my see the horseman thing isn't like a Hall of Fame. It is extremely hard to become a horseman. That's what makes it so beautiful. It is very hard to become a horseman. So. If it was to be done every year, then it'd be like, sorry, no one's getting in. Sorry, no, no one's getting Listen, every year, be like, sorry, no one's getting in. Many things come into account. First of all, like, the minimum requirement is that you have to win a World Cup. Where, but, like, where, where is Buffon? Where is Neuer? Where is Ronald Deegan? No, 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 where no, no, where no, are these okay. players? First, no, no, first of all, you have to retire. So you can't be a horseman when you're still actively playing. Okay. You can only, you can only okay. be a horseman when, when you retire. So, basically, like, see, Lamb... There's a strong argument for him to be a horseman, but he doesn't make it the call. He's your favorite ever. He's your he's he's Bart Simpson, like he's your all-time right yeah, back. Bart... Can't get in. Why not? Yeah. What's what's the logic behind no Bart Simpson? It, there is no logic in the horseman. It's, it's half hope. It's half hope system. The key thing is his impact. Forward. He doesn't have the same kind of impact as other guys. Look, it's very hard to become a horseman. It's not we easy. Get it. We get it. They're, they're, there are only five horsemen. Look at all the players we've had in the history. There have only been five this horsemen. Is it. The, fact, the fact that he calls them horsemen and he's selected five people is already <laughs> shows how there's no system to it. Okay. I just think trying to implement that system against Pep without your two best players is going to be difficult. Um, I think there's Chelsea play uh, Lyon today when you guys are listening to this. So we'll see if Hazard plays, if Bashuai plays. Apparently, Courtois has decided not to show up to training in order wow. to yeah, in order to push a move to Real Madrid. So we'll Brian, see how that the, goes. There's three or four days left in the transfer window. The transfer window shuts at Thursday midnight, I believe. Um, apparently, the, the talk coming out from Courtois is that he is not turning up to training and he believes that Hazard should join him. Club what a very snake! Strongly. <laughs> he club very strongly. Well, well, look, you know what Courtois did to Kevin De Bruyne? Like, Yo, it is okay, known. no, 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 Carl, let me rant, okay? The reason that no, no, this is going to be uncomfortable. I don't even know if this makes the podcast, but fuck it, okay. The reason Courtois wants to go to Madrid is because he has children in Madrid or a child in Madrid, correct? Now, you are a professional football player who's on loan. You decide to start a family while you're on loan? How does that make sense? Because now he's compromised. Or how do you not have the sauce to get you and your baby mom in London? What is wrong with London that you can't move your family from Madrid to London? Why has this become a problem maybe, to the fact that the best move. goalkeeper has to leave? It, Not I, everyone wants to move to London. It's the, so the, trash. The, like a, the, the fact that he very... put himself in this situation annoys me to no end. Like, just don't have kids. Well, I really want you to understand this. Chelsea was always a stepping stone for him. He always went to go to Real Madrid. 
he was at Atletico. Well, on loan, but still. He was on loan. He doesn't care. He wants to go to Real Madrid. He doesn't care about you. He won't love you. How many times how many times have we caught paid in four on here? Too much. This wait, 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 guys, this game, um, latest news. This is from Di Marzio. Apparently, Pogba has agreed personal terms with Barcelona and they're trying to sanction yeah. the 100 million euro move. Like, like Liffy, he just tweets it out now. I mean, I, I don't speak Italian. Like, Il Barcelona, Vuelo, This was a rumor going around. Until we get Il Barcelona, we get it, but yeah, I, I was just, I was thinking about this earlier. I was just like, he actually decided to have a family on loan. Like, how irresponsible is that to your parent club? And then the fact that you can't get your mom in that your baby mom's and your kid in London. Like, he's been here what three years now? You can't. None move of this is going to be on a podcast. Some of it's going to be in the podcast. I bet. As you say, Carl, um, Courtois is trying to get Hazard to to Madrid. Someone asked. If theoretically Madrid came in with a late bid for Hazard to ruffle Chelsea's feathers, would Chelsea be able to cope without getting a replacement? No. <laughs> that was from the only taps. I don't think so. I don't think I like. Look, if it accelerates the naturation of Callum Hudson Odoi, maybe it could be a good thing. Like three, four years from now, because I think he he's one of the best English talents that you guys have, right? So that would be good to see him play first team minutes. Um, he's Ghanaian. He's Ghanaian. Although, although, although I suspect that Sari would probably end up playing Willian and Pedro if they stayed, just because that's what managers seem to do. But maybe he's different in a way that he'd give him a chance. But it's it's too late, I think, to sell. It's the um, difference between you finishing in the top four, or you finishing Europa League spots, right? If to, to put it really bluntly, like Eden Hazard is in this market, hundred million, hundred twenty million plus worth of attacking talent. And mm. you consider what players are currently available in the market. Gareth Bale's decided to stay around Madrid. Riyad Mahrez has already gone to Manchester City. Marco Royce looks pretty wedded to staying at Dortmund. Martial, from what I'm hearing, it looks as if Martial's staying because they can't get, there is no worthwhile bids right now. So unless, mm. you know, you sell Hazard, you immediately swap Willian for Martial. But even then, you're still one player down. Because you, in fact, what you've done there is replace William rather than Zaha. replace Hazard. Zaha would be the the one to get, I think. Zaha would be interesting in the London connection, but I don't think Zaha can produce that much. But but look, I mean, Hazard Hazard's goals and assists aren't like Ronaldo esque or Messi esque. Something that I would urge a lot of people to keep doing, and I really hope this happens when Ronaldo and Messi retire, is that we take the stats that Ronaldo and Messi did and put them in a box somewhere else and then just look at football without their input and without their records because they are amazing, they're fantastic, but they have completely distorted the way we look at football. I'm currently doing some work on a certain player who was playing all throughout the 90s and 2000s and his numbers look terrible compared to Ronaldo and Messi. But he was still a fantastic player. You know, he's a Ballon d'Or. I mean, stats are overrated, man. Look, I don't care about their stats, man. They... World Cup flops. No, 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 no. stop. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Um, so uh, the thing about Hazard is, yeah, he gets you 10 goals, maybe 15 assists a season. Maybe that attacking output is not possibly but what you want. But when you look at what Hazard can do when he gets the ball and what he does to a defence and just the way he frightens defenders and fullbacks, mm-hmm. that is quite hard to quantify. I, I don't think there's quite... I don't think but, there's a stat for... But, there's but, not, quite, there's but, not really a stat for what Eden Hazard does. This is the thing that really annoys me because it's like when I was growing up with um, football and everything, football wasn't about, oh, how many goals, how many assists, how many goals per game. It's like, no, what can you do as a player? 
that was what football was while I was growing up. Now, in this whole Twitter age with the younger guys, it's like, oh my gosh, 90 goals in one year, 70 goals in this year, look at what the goal does like. And I'm like, okay, these stats are all great and fine. Does that make them a great player? Does that make them clutch? Does that make them good? So it's like, what you're saying isn't new, just that people's perceptions have changed because of these two World Cup flops who have obviously padded the stat sheets in the past oh, 10 years. Have you just so, repeated my own point back to me? Longer? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's I agreeing I, with I, you I, in I, a way. You, you set him up for one of his old talking points, Carl. <laughs> and he couldn't resist. You repeated my... No, 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 any thoughts on that? Someone asked, what do you think of Arturo Vidal's transfer to Barcelona? They've brought him in to be a replacement and an upgrade on what Paulinho offers. What Vidal is supposed to offer to the team is late runs into the box, set-piece dominance, and a lot of uh, what I described vertical running. you got Coutinho to do all the nice, lovely through passes. Uh, Rakitic is going to be a shuttler with his passing, whereas Vidal is going to move the ball up and down the pitch with dribbles. Vidal is a better player than Paulinho. And yeah, he's 31, and there's been loads of conversation about whether his knees are good enough to play 40 games a season. But it seemed to work out by Munich, so why not? He's going to give Barcelona a lot more bite in their midfield, and I think you're going to see a much more tougher Barcelona with, obviously, finesse and technique, because Vidal is tough, he's physical, but he's also a very, very good football player. What did you guys think about the like Cole Modric to Inter Milan thing? I thought uh, Vidal was supposed to go to Inter, but then I saw Modric to Inter. But apparently that won't no. happen. Like, well, no, well, well, Inter said that they were they're open. That apparently they've opened talks with him and everything. But Perez says nah, it didn't happen. And let's just be real, guys. Let's be real. Real Madrid are really going to sell Modric and Cristiano in the same summer. Like, if they sell Modric, they're done. He's irreplaceable. They can survive without Cristiano. They can't survive without Modric. They can't. I think they're beginning to try and copy the Bayern Munich model. I think they're really going for this. We're going to have a core of academy. If they're not come through the academy, but young players who've been here for four or five years, and we're going to couple them with very interesting wide players and uh, number nine of sorts. I think they're going for the buying model. I think they're going for the buying model in terms of how they're going to have their managers succeed each other. And I think they're going to go for the buying model of having elder statesmen or former Real Madrid players or personnel in their uh, running of the club, which, you know, Bayern Munich are the best-run club in football. If you're going to try and copy anyone, Bayern Munich's the one to copy. And I think moving Ronaldo on is one point of that. I'm not going to say they have a player who's able to replace Modric. I'm very glad the World Cup has just solidified Modric as the greatest centre midfielder of his generation. But there, there, there are some very interesting young players in Real Madrid who would relish that role. Like they have players who, like Kovacic who don't even get minutes, barely. So Exactly. Like when, you, when you've got a player of Kovacic's supposed talent i'll say supposed because i haven't seen him play a full season you know murat had amazing supposed talent and now it's not quite come off um i'm sorry um <laughs> don't sigh don't sigh don't sigh do not sigh and, and, and modric modric's the interman makes a lot of sense because you know there there are two lovely croatian players currently interman right now so brick rat why not oh. i'm very i'm very intrigued by <laughs> I'm very intrigued by Inter Milan's transfer window wholesale. Like bringing in Nangalan, this supposed move from Modric, how they've managed to keep nearly all of their top stars right now. 
I was leaning towards Roma to finish second. Can we just get this out of the way and say we believe Juventus is going to win the Serie A next season? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if, if we're talking about who's going to finish second, I was somewhat leaning towards Roma. But then a Malcolm deal fell through. So Malcolm's gone to Barcelona. So now I'm beginning to lean towards Inter Milan. I think it's going to be a Juventus, Inter, Roma, top three. And Napoli will be fourth. What are your thoughts? This is our last kind of news point. What are your thoughts on Seydorf and Clivert coaching Cameroon? So Clarence Seydorf and Patrick Clivert are the manager and I guess assistant manager for Cameroon. So someone asked about that. Quality. I think that's, that's, that's dope. How come Seydorf doesn't have the Milan job? Like, is Gattuso really? Because he already did. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, but didn't he do well? And they let him no. go anyway. Based on the situation he was, he was, he was given and dealt with, after Allegri screwed up everything, he, he, he did alright, you know. Yeah. He was he was he was fine, you know. He he took a Deportivo side that was essentially dead in the water and got them to a respectable relegation, if that makes sense. Time of writing, Cameroon are the Afcon champions. Yes. So that that that's a very good set of personnel he can work with. Uh, hopefully they you know hopefully connects. My pick for the next Afcon is Senegal. Hope do you have a pick for Afcon or is it just Nigeria every single year? Oh, no, no, no. Afcon, I think Morocco are the favorites for sure. Okay. Mm. Do we give Seydorf enough credit? Do we give his career like enough credit? Like, if you just look like four Champions Leagues, one that Eredivisie, one La Liga, one Serie A twice, his career is underrated. I know you hate the word, but he's won a yeah, lot. No, 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 no. He's, I mean, p- people recognize, like, people that know, know Seydorf, you know, that's the thing. They, they know. Just obviously, they, Younger guys were like, who's this guy? But people that saw Seedorf right. are like, no, nah, this guy was he was a very different player, man. And Just... even at a very young age, he was extremely good at a very young age. And he had a long... Even when he was old at Aceman, when he was like in his mid-30s, he was still amazing. So, Have you seen him now? Like, the shape he's in, it's not really a surprise. Yeah, look, <laughs> look, man, those <laughs> black jeans really... are not a joke, man. Those black jeans are not a joke. No, no, no. It's not just his jeans. It's that, that guy's work ethic is ridiculous. It's, like, it's, 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 it's jeans plus his, his work. There's yeah. a photograph of him at age... I think he must be 2012, 2011, when he's still playing in Brazil. And he's beginning to remove his shirt, and he's laughing, and he's got more abs than I've ever seen. I don't care... What color you are? You shouldn't have that many abs when you're laughing. That man, that, that he's an incredibly well put together man. He also <laughs> gave me my favorite ever VT segment during the 2010 World Cup, where everyone's complaining that Giuliani was a bad football, and he took three Giuliani's out in like basically to the streets of South Africa, did four or five free kicks, and he went, "Oh, just don't hit it so hard. It's fine." Yeah, Sadov, Sadov, he's got four Champions League medals at three clubs because he won with Real Madrid, Ajax, and AC, AC Milan. Uh, and by all accounts, lovely, lovely gentleman. And also, he's well known as one of the smartest, at least on pitch, people in football. I recommend you check out his goal against when he was at Real Madrid. The goal he scored against Atletico in the derby um, is just a, a wonderful goal. Uh, the way he described, well, the, so the story goes. He scores the goal, he gets man of the match, he gets goal of the season, and they gave him quite a large crate of champagne to go with this award. Seidoff is famously teetotal, so he, throughout the next season at Real Madrid, he would frequently have parties and barbecues. People who he knew, people in football, just come around my house and help me drink all this champagne, because I'm not drinking it, <laughs> um, which I think speaks, you know, that, that's my favorite Seidoff story. Yeah, that also speaks to his fitness levels, like he's not drinking... Probably to keep his keep his shape, probably. Uh, but yeah, man, just shout out. Like, I hope it works in Cameroon. Like, I don't want to get all political, but there's situations in Cameroon that are 
that are going on right now. So that's so that's some good news. But yeah, um, so with the last, I guess, 40 minutes, we can talk, we can just have our preview. I guess we already did Italy, but uh, we can start in Serie A and we can finish in England, I guess. So Juventus definitely to win. Carl's kind of given us his, his top four already. No, look, I think Juventus will win again. I think Inter Milan will come second. I don't think Napoli will get top four, you know. I think Napoli may come fifth or sixth, I think. <laughs> I really worry about Napoli. So I think Juven- sorry, Juventus, Inter Milan, Roma, and I'll probably say it'd be Fiorentina. I'm curious to see what's up with Lazio, though, with the whole Malinkovic-Savage situation. I'm curious but, to but they don't have Felipe Anderson. I think he left, so... He went West Ham, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did. He did indeed. Milan is in an interesting spot now. They seem to have cleaned up the ownership situation and have, uh, American hedge, uh, have an American hedge fund behind them. They've also, you know, they've swapped Bonucci back to Juventus so they can have Higuain. This is a 30-year-old Higuain. Dan, do you want to give me a quick Siri? Ooh, I wonder if Siri's going to understand Gonzalo Higuain. How old is Gonzalo Higuain? According to my sources, Gonzalo Higuain is 30 years old. Yep, this is League Gonzalo Higuain. This is League Gonzalo Higuain in a league. He has scored 20-plus goals since his Napoli days now. So I think that will get Milan to contention for the Champions League spots, at Mm. the very least. You know, Carl, so. Carl, just quickly, do, do, do you know how you talk about like players in like England? They don't want to move from club to club. Like how Harry Kane, it would be difficult for him to move to, I don't know, Manchester United or Chelsea or definitely Arsenal just because of like the intra-league rivalries and things like that. Why doesn't that exist in Italy? How come Higuain can play for Napoli, then Juventus, then Milan? How can Benucci just kind of switch clubs like, oh, I'll go Milan for a season and then go back. Like, what is it with Italy to where they don't have these? Do they? They do. Rivalries in Italy are, you know, Italy is the home of the ultras. Balotelli's play for both Milan clubs. Seems cool. That's not, it it was not, trust me. And and that's Balotelli, man. So (laughs) that was, it was, it was not cool. When Balotelli was at, so Balotelli was a lifelong AC Milan fan. Starts off in Inter Milan. Partly through his Inter career, he was on television and someone gave him a Milan shirt. And he held it up and he smiled sort of. And that pretty much, that got him in trouble in the, the inter-bad books. Oh. Um, similarly, when Ronaldo, original Ronaldo, turned up for AC near the last stages of his career and scored in the derby. He did the cup ear celebration after scoring a derby. And he was pelted with things. The rivalries are there. But also, I think, well, one, Italy's bonkers. And I think I'm allowed to say Italy's movers are shakers both in politics, well, in every facet of Italian life, is just a lot more vibrant than it is in England, uh, which makes their actions just seem somewhat imperceptible. And two, I think the, the average Italian football fan is just a bit more accepting of, the, of market forces, and this is the way of the world. You know, if you're a Liverpool fan and a Liverpool player goes, I want to go to Barcelona or Manchester City, there is a certain section of fans going, why on earth would you do that? You've got everything you need at Liverpool. Liverpool is the best place in the world. Why would you want to leave? Whereas if you're... Uh, I think if you're at any any club in Serie A and a player goes, I want to go to this club, I think there are more fans of that club going, okay, you know, that kind of makes sense. I mean, we're going to pelt you and call you scum, but it kind of makes sense why you're doing that. No, I just thought it was interesting. Like, he's played for, like, the best three clubs in Italy and it just seems kind of fine. Um... I think also has something to do with, with market forces and the, the ownership are a lot more honest with where Italian clubs are, are in the pecking order. So when Higuain went from that 
Napoli to Juventus. Yeah, they burnt Na- Napoli shirts and they use them on dustbins or whatnot. But De Laurentiis, you know, he's a very forthright, very talkative owner. Essentially, went, yeah, we sold Higuain. Now look how much debt we've cleared from the club. Get on with it. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think you get that from a Tottenham Hotspur. You know, <laughs> Daniel Levy and De Laurentiis are. Actually, they, they might be similar in the fact that they're like really penny pinching and they love their money, but like the way they go about it is not similar. What we know about Daniel Levy is completely different to what we know about some of the Italian owners, and very much the yeah, and that that's a very long diversion. Okay, um, so let's go France. PSG, we can all agree that PSG are going to win. Yep, that's fine. So you're 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 going to pay attention this season? Oh yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to see how the Neymar. Mbappe dynamic is going to play out now. Mm. Mbappe's got a World Cup winners medal. From what I understand, Mbappe's nickname in the PSG changing room is Donatello <laughs> because, of, because because of the Ninja Turtles. Um, and the rumor is well, so we know that his nickname is Donatello. However, we don't know whether or not he likes that. So the rumor is either Neymar gave it to him to take the piss, or Neymar gave it to him because he likes him. We can't tell for sure. So what you've got, Cavani, who is you know this is still mostly Cavani's team. Cavani is, is the one that PSG team is the one that PSG fans love the most. You've got Cavani coming back. You've got Neymar coming. You know Cavani's coming back after a really good World Cup. Neymar's coming back after a quite disappointing one. His reputation in Brazil is wildly sour, souring. During the World Cup, I talked to a couple a few Brazilian fans, and the general sentiment was Neymar. Is, is to the detriment of the team. He's a superstar who doesn't believe in putting the team first. Yes, he dives, but what's maddening about Neymar is not only does he dive, but then he takes the free kick afterwards, which he then wastes. And he'd much rather have Coutinho and Firmino playing. Uh, I also found out that Brazilian fans absolutely despise Fernandinho, which I found interesting. So there's that. There's also the idea um, when Neymar released his apology for his performance in the World Cup, it was branded content. So Neymar got paid for it. Um... <laughs> Which that was not, incredible. I still can't, man. I still, I'm still not sure whether or not that's a flex or not. Is it? Is it a flex to get paid for your apology? Yes. Um, so <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Neymar's coming off a, a disappointing World Cup and has something to prove, and he very much has something to prove in the Champions League. Buffon, who's come over, his impact on the chain will be interesting. Thomas Mounier, he played wing back for Belgium. His star is rapidly ascending. How does he slot into this PSG side? Cavani's come back with a very good World Cup. He might still be like, no, I'm still the gunsling around here. And Mbappe now is a World Cup winner, future Ballon d'Or nominee. Mbappe is well banked right. He's been like, yo, I, w- I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. You know, they've got a new manager in Thomas Tuchel as well, who's going to be wanting to play a high-pressing, skelter-style system. Is that going to be sustainable with Thiago Silva? That's just PSG. And we already know they're going to win the league, and there's already that many interesting subplots. So yeah, watch the French league this season. I think Monaco are going to be interesting as well because they, you know, Thomas Lamar's gone this time. They're doing that whole, all right, we've lost another star player or supposed star player. Fabinho as well. Him. Yep, Fabinho's gone as well. We're going to have to replace him with more young talent. I wouldn't be surprised if Bakayoko ends back up at Monaco before the week is done on a loan. Hmm. Um, I saw Monaco are my tip to finish second. And then third, it's, you know, you've got Marseille, you've got Lyon. Nice, I think, going to fall away a little bit because Lucien Favre has just gone to Borussia Dortmund. But yeah, you know, with only three Champions League spots, the French League will be interesting. Yeah, man, I'm really curious to watch Lyon more than any other team. Like, I want to see how that project goes with 
Apparently, they kept Fakir, it looks like. You know, they've kept the pie, it looks like. My, my boy Traore is there, so that kind of three, I'm interested to see how that goes. But yeah, the, the PSG subplots that you mentioned are, are kind of good. Very quickly, I had Chelsea in for Fakir. That's what I, I, I was hearing. And the Liverpool fans are basically panicking. And also with the league, oh, yeah, man, Neymar, you can't really be the same prima donna because Zumbabwe is a World Cup winner now. So I think the dynamics will be different. But I don't, I don't think Tuchel has the ability to manage the egos of PSG. So I'm not sure whether they'll actually reach the semi-final or the final of the just, Champions League, which is what this is about. Just, just trying to jump into the mind of Neymar. Does it seem like he would call someone Donatello in a nice way? It does. He doesn't seem like someone like that, but that's just no, the no, perception no, no, I get. What, I, th- I think it's like a joke. Look, he does look like a ninja turtle. So <laughs> it's it's like a funny thing. So look, it's 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 just comedy, man. Yeah, but just because you look like one doesn't mean you want to be called Donatello, like Michelangelo, maybe, but not Donatello. He's a great guy with, with brains and everything. Michael, we see another boring one. Michelangelo is like the playful one. Raphael is the rebel. Yes. <laughs> No, wait, you're oh, talking, wait a minute. Okay, no, wait, a minute. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Have hope. Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? <laughs> man, this okay. is a life decision, man. Just give me a name. No, 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 no. When I was growing up, it was Michelangelo. In my older age, it's Raphael. Carl, Michelangelo. He's a party dude. Michelangelo is obviously the answer here. And a lot of people like Leonardo and Donatello. I don't get that. That's the joy of the Ninja Turtles. You, could, everyone has their favorite one and, and you can tell people, a lot about a person by their favorite ninja Turtle. people who like Raphael and like he's way, way too serious bro i don't like him but apparently anyway. michelangelo was oxley chamberlain's nickname at arsenal so he kind of looks like a ninja turtle too he, yeah true. he said yeah. it he said it on uh so he oxley chamberlain did an advert with well did a, a series of adverts with paddy power the bookies with um rainbow laces their rainbow laces campaign with stonewall and the advert said it was Giroud going, I can't help that I'm gorgeous. Oxley Chamberlain saying, I can't help that I look like a Ninja Turtle. Santi Cazorla saying, I can't help that I'm short. LGBT people can't help their orientation, support LGBT charities, etc., etc. But yeah, apparently uh, Oxley's nickname was a Ninja Turtle of that regard. Um, back to Mbappe, Benjamin Mendy calls him Celeste, Celeste Bonbon or Bonbon because apparently that's what they call Chucky from the Rugrats in France. <laughs> I'm happy. I am happy to be corrected on that one. But apparently, that's Mendy calls Mbappe a nickname to the effect of "You're Chucky from Rugrats." It's really cool because we keep talking about Mbappe in these like mythical, godlike terms. But then you remember he's 19 years of age. He's a kid, and the reason he does that cross arm celebration is because his younger brother did it after he beat Mbappe in a game of FIFA. So, do you realize people, th- yeah. this conversation is going to spark next week? Somebody's going to ask us, "Give us your best Ninja Turtle 11." And of players that look like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but anyway, um, let's go to Germany. Bayern Munich, still? Yes. <laughs> Although yeah. Dortmund just, just bought Witzel. They just bought Witzel. That's interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't a fan of Witzel? No, no, no. no. I, I, I insulted him for being a bomb by going to China. No offense to my Chinese brothers. But he's still a very, very talented player. Dortmund are interesting this season because they've got Lucien Favre. Who's their number nine? That's my only question. This is the problem. Um, they've recruited some interesting players. Yarmolenko's gone. Julian Weigel looks like he could be on his way up. If Witzel's there, Weigel could be on his way up. The thing about Dortmund is they bet on quite a few of their young players to turn good and become these 85-plus rate FIFA players, and they haven't. So I think Dortmund's time is the second-best team in Germany's 
not going to be a thing anymore. And Did I you think... guys see that they put a, uh, was it 60 or 70 million price tag on Pulisic? Which is fair. You should. Is I also don't think Pulisic it? is that, I don't think Pulisic is that good, but that's me. No, nah, he's good. I think he's good. I don't think I don't think he's going to be anywhere near as good as what I keep reading in Sports Illustrated or ESPN. No, but look, his his branding possibilities because he's American might influence oh. the, that number. And, 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 like, and also, like, he's the greatest American player of all time. He literally is the greatest American football player of all time. So, like talent wise, it could be forty. But like once you add that, he's like as Half Hope says, the greatest American talent of all time. That might add thirty million. Yeah, I'm not, I'm still not convinced by Pulisic. Um, that I very much would like Goethe to turn good, but I don't know what's going to go on there. I think the next spell of who's going to be the second best team in Germany, um, it would look like it was going to be Schalke. Max Meyer's gone to Crystal Palace. Red Bull are without Naby Keita now, so that's going to be interesting. Much like the French league, the German league, the interesting stuff is all the interesting inter-club beef in the top club. So I think Bayern Munich are going to go through something very weird especially post-World Cup, because now you've got this whole, there is a group of Bavarians and there's a group of non-Bavarians. But I think they'll be, I think they'll still win the league. Do we know anything about their new manager? Um, I, I, I can't speak on him, so I wouldn't, but Kovac? He won the German Cup with Frankfurt, beating Bayern in the final. By all, by all accounts, he's good. And he, he, he will be good enough to win a Bundesliga with Bayern Munich. So I'm not, I'm not thinking he's going to be, it's not going to be a Jürgen Klingsmann situation. Mm. Or a Louis van Gaal's first season situation. I think Bayern will comfortably win the Bundesliga, and I think below that you've got an absolute mess between Schalke, Red Bull, and Dortmund. And I think of those three sides, the best one out there will be Red Bull. Despite Red Bull. the fact I'm utterly unconvinced by Timo Werner from the World Cup. However, you should not use the World Cup to rank someone in a league play. Now, for me, Hoffenheim or, or Schalke, man, Keita is a huge miss. So I just think that's. Schalke or Hoffenheim will probably push Bayern the closest. I kind of agree there. Um, all right. So before we get to England, we have one more stop to make in Spain. Again, is it, it's based on what Real Madrid have done and what and what Barcelona have done in the market and last season. It would kind of seem like Barcelona should win this as well. What do you guys think? I think Real Madrid could surprise everyone. It's crazy. It's mad, but I think Real Madrid could actually do it. This is a Barcelona. I think they've very wisely bought in the transfer market, and I think. Barca have very much gone. We're going to do everything we can in our power to get Messi one more Champions League. When you look at Malcolm, Arthur, Vidal, these are all either improvements on players that were already there or, you know, filling the gaps in weaknesses in their squad. And these are all guys that, you know, this Barcelona first 11, first 15 is better than the Barcelona first 15 from last season. And that Barcelona side asked quite a lot of Messi. And, you know, Messi's going to Messi. And they still won the league. But I think Barcelona is, is looking more towards we're going to spend all this money on slightly older players and some young players because our intention is to win a Champions League, which I think mm-hmm. is well within their rights. I think it's going to be a Barcelona 1, Atletico Madrid number 2. And I think the Real Madrid is Real Madrid have angered the footballing gods with what they did to Spain and Spain's World Cup bid. And I think they're going to finish third. They're asking an awful lot from Gareth Bale. I don't know where his head is right now. Um, I don't know if his body, if he can play the 60 games a season that they need him to. I don't know if Benzema can go back to being an orthodox goal-scoring number nine rather than I'm going to go create space so Cristiano Ronaldo can do his thing. And I'm an ardent Isco fan. I'm an ardent Asensio fan. I'm not sure if they're ready yet. So 
if there was a season for everything to kind of fall off and Real Madrid to finish third, it'd be this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at what Atletico have done, and I, I just, I feel like they could get second, which means probably Real Madrid slipped to third. I mean, but it's gonna just looking at Barcelona quickly though. Like, is it going to be weird not having Iniesta there? Do you guys think there's going to be a little bit of weirdness with that? Like, continues good. It's fine. Imagine Barcelona. There's no Xavi. That's already weird enough. And now there's no Iniesta. <laughs> it's like my life is on, like it's going to be different, man. I'm old. It's, We're all old. You're taking now. it. You're taking it down a notch, but you've still got Sergio Busquets, who is Busquets. And like, since Busquets has been good or a world beater, he's probably been bad for maybe three months. Six months in his entire career since 2012 onwards, 2011 mm-hmm. onwards, which is a remarkable Incredible. spell of yeah. just just good form and, and amazing match awareness. And then you know Rakitic, one of the best centre centre midfielders of his generation. Vidal, fantastic. Coutinho, who is I, I am all in on Coutinho. I think he is. I said very foolishly a sentence that have hope went whoa 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 on a previous podcast i won't say it again but like yeah replacing iniesta is hard replacing with iniesta not as hard as you think replacing with coutinho not as hard as you think i should say i'm gonna go barcelona atletico real madrid who's fourth valencia maybe that's that's gonna be my top four real madrid barcelona atletico betis yeah i'm going all in i'm going barcelona atletico real madrid and Sevilla. Oh, okay. All right. So England, City, City are gonna win. Like I feel like everyone who won last season is gonna win this season. So I got City to win. Do you guys? Can you guys see anything else than a City win? Like Liverpool, maybe. Nope. <laughs> no, this is this is this is City, but this is City by less than a hundred points. But they're gonna finish on somewhere between ninety and ninety-nine points. Ah, uh, okay. I was like, they're going to win the league by 100 points? It's like, what are you talking about? Mm. So if we go in top four, I think City, everyone might agree that they win. Hopefully that means they don't and we get a surprise, but I doubt it. I think everyone likes Liverpool as number two. I haven't really heard anyone put United at two or Tottenham or, or Chelsea or Arsenal. Do you guys agree with that? Like Liverpool second? That's what logic, you know, logic dictates Liverpool are the second best side in England. However... It's one of those things where I'm reluctant to say Liverpool will finish second because it seems so much like a foregone conclusion. I'm reluctant to say it. Mm. it. It shouldn't be this obvious who the second best team in the country is. It shouldn't be this obvious who the best two teams in the country are. Right. And because normally when they're, when it is so obvious who the best two teams in the country are, it's because they are neck and neck for the best slot. It's, this isn't like United and Arsenal back in the 90s or United and Chelsea or when it was both the Manchester sides. This is one far 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 away and the number two chasing them and then you've got like i could not i don't know what's going to be third to sixth (laughs) there's one thing to say who's going to finish top four i think we should let's really talk about top six in in the premier league as well Hmm. um my goodman friend the podcast said yeah there's a top six there's also like a bottom 12 and then there's just a middle two or that is leicester and everton so i'm not i'm not gonna say yeah liverpool will probably finish second but it's not as guaranteed as people think because they've still got Dejan Lovren as a centre-back option. If Mo Salah goes down, I don't know how to finish that sentence, but if Mo Salah goes down, replace him with Jordan Sekiri, which is fine, but that is a downgrade, right? And you've got to look at a lot of those goals Salah scored last season were out of nothing. 
right? They were, you know, yeah, Shakiri can give you an amazing bicycle kick, and he has a really good shot from outside the box. But you look at some of Salah's goals where he was bullying off two or three players from a low squat position and then just bending it top left corner or something or other. One, I'm not sure Salah can do that two seasons in a row because it's, you know, it's very hard to have two great seasons back to back when you're new to a league because defenders figure out, defenders double up on you and defenders just stop stop trying to play the ball and start trying to beat you up. So yeah, I'm, I've, I've got question marks over Liverpool, but I think they will probably be very quickly erased after maybe the fifth game. My, so my, my, no, I should just get straight into it. My top six is, uh, I think City are going to win the league. I think Liverpool second. I think third place is... Problem is, United look set for the third season implosion. Chelsea need to adjust the sorry ball quickly. So I think Chelsea aren't going to finish top four yet. Arsenal could put it off under Unai Emery or could not. So I'm going to be really bold and say we're going to get City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs. Top four. And then United and Chelsea in fifth and sixth. Wow. Okay. That's on wax. City top, Liverpool second, Chelsea third, and Arsenal fourth. Wow. Okay. I'm thinking, oh, who's, who's five and six? Five and six, so five is Tottenham, six is yeah. United. All right, uh, I'm going to go City one, Liverpool two, Tottenham three, Chelsea four. Ooh, jinxed. I'm going to go United fifth, Arsenal sixth. Of, of the promoted teams, I think Wolves will probably stay up. I don't know, Fulham, maybe not. I mean, for me, I think Cardiff, I'm not too sure, but I think Wolves and Fulham, I think I'm pretty sure that they'll they, they should stay up. Uh, the three teams will get relegated. I think Newcastle will get relegated. It, oh, wow. It's unsustainable. Mike Ashley is is a scourge. I don't think Rafa Benitez is, is going to be in charge of Newcastle much longer. I think it's going to get very, very sad. Like, Newcastle need a striker right now, and they've only just managed this. Well, it looks like they're going to secure Salomon Rondon. What's up with Mitrovic? He's gone to Fulham, and also Rafa Benitez very much never trusted. Newcastle finished 18th. I think Huddersfield finished 19th. And I I think Cardiff finished 20. Huddersfield. Yeah, Huddersfield, that's that's a good one. Well, not good for them, obviously. But the fact that they survived last season is pretty strange. So I like those three. Although, instead of Newcastle, maybe... <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no football and logic behind this. I'm just trying to think, like, which teams don't I like? Um, well, obviously, that would be like... Yeah, well, I feel bad whenever I predict relegation. And there, there aren't that many fan bases who I legitimately dislike. So if it, it feels, I feel sad going. Huddersfield, I think you're gonna have a season. Newcastle, I think you're gonna have a terrible season. Cardiff, I think you're gonna have a terrible season. But if if you if you're asking me, that's that's my honest opinion. I'm gonna go Cardiff. I'm gonna go Huddersfield. I don't want to say Brighton, but I'm I'm thinking Brighton. I'm gonna go Brighton, Huddersfield, and Southampton. Um, okay, so we got five minutes left. You, you guys want to talk Anyone? Champions League? Yeah, Champions, Champions, Champions League. These are the champions. I know Half Hope says he likes Barcelona. I've picked Bayern Munich for the past two seasons, and that hasn't come to fruition at all because, you know, Real Madrid. I don't think Real Madrid are going to go four. If they do four in a row, I, I mean, as we said, like, we just need to scrap football. But I, I, I think, what did I say last week? I said Juventus are going to play PSG in the final, and PSG are going to win. So... I'm going with PSG to win the Champions League, which is stupid because they've never been to a semi-final before. But that's my pick. Manchester City, this is it. I think I think they've got they've got enough personnel to fight on two fronts. Oh, okay. Well, 
Leroy Sane is injured. Let's play Riyad Mahrez. Oh no, Fernand Gundogan's broken. Let's let's really give Phil Foden a go at it in a league. I think they've got three seasons on the Pep Guardiola. They've, he's got the fullbacks he needs. He's got the centre backs he needs. Finally, everyone's coaching in the system. Aguero seems to a degree happy with what he's doing right now. Mm. So this, if, if if there's a time to do it, this is it. They're, the only real competitor to me is Barcelona. I mean, I, I just think like Neymar is going to have a fire season just based off like his summer and how it wasn't good. <laughs> I feel like it's going to come out. He's going to score a lot of goals, do a lot of tricks. And he's going to carry sure. PSG, I mean, man. Something that really stuck out to me in the World Cup was the Brazil-Belgium game and how Neymar brought to that Bel- Brazil side compared to what Hazard brought to that Belgian side. And I I don't think... This, this, this seems ridiculous to make considering... Neymar has given us the most clutch 10 minutes in Champions League history in the 6-1. That's, that was perfect football, those last 10 minutes from Neymar. But I don't think Neymar, in, in the really stupid sense, I don't think he wants it in the same way that we think he should want it. I think Neymar, you know, when, when he did go to PSG, I wrote an article for Versus about how this is, this is what you're meant to do. You're meant to be, no, I don't want to be number two to Messi. I want to go set my own path. I go to PSG and make it harder for myself, but I don't know. The, the more I watch Neymar, the more the more the more I see him on social media and and what he does on the pitch. I think maybe he went to PSG because he went, yeah, this is kind of easy, and I'll just enjoy this <laughs> rather than I want I want to be the absolute greatest of all time, which is fine. Like you shouldn't. Not every football player should want to be the greatest football player of all time. Not every football player is going to have that drive and you can have a very, very nice, fantastic career, even if you don't have that drive. I, I just don't think Neymar has that drive. So basically, Neymar uh, wanted to be a bomb. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, if, I don't know. If, if you want to be the greatest of all time, do you really go to Paris of, of all places? Like, Obviously, they can sell you on their project and they're not like... I've, they they aren't a traditionally great team, but they're like they're good in today's terms. But well, but like you're at Barcelona, like do you go to Paris if you want to be you know, the goat? There's still that rumor that he's you know he originally had his heart set in Real Madrid, and that PSG is a intermediate for eventually gets to Real Madrid. So you never know. There is a part of me the more the more I look at Neymar, the more I read into what he apparently does or doesn't do. I think Neymar is going to be a very very good footballer. Will he be one of those? Does will, will he ever have the supposed drive of a Cristiano Ronaldo or the supposed not of this planet technical finesse and ability that Messi has? I don't know. Yeah. Does he want? Does he want to have those two things? I don't think he does anymore, which is absolutely fine because he's still one of the best players on the planet right now. Have hope. Champions League pick. Who you got? You, Barcelona, you Barcelona. Barcelona. Reasons or just a feeling? I just think that the team that they're building looks strong. I think Messi's going to be angry based off him flopping at the World Cup. Coutinho's going to have a big season. I think Coutinho's going to have a really big season. Because I think this is the I think this is going to be Coutinho's best ever season, I think. I think he's going to be that one little catalyst that will pretty much help them just do it all and make it happen. So none of us are going to pick Real Madrid. No. No. This, despite the evidence to the contrary that we probably should. I didn't look, I didn't pick them for the third one. I wrote I wrote <laughs> I wrote in a piece, well, actually, what I said in a piece for Hypebeast, I said, 
Real Madrid have won it twice. Real Madrid have the best players in the world. Real Madrid have the best, one of the best players in the world. The only reason why Real Madrid wouldn't win the Champions League for a third time is they've already won it twice in a row. And then they did it. Um, but then again, someone pointed out to me every single Champions League, every single season, I predict Bayern Munich to win the Champions League. And I, every single World Cup, I predict Brazil to win the World Cup. And neither of those things has happened. So what do I know? Okay. Uh, so that's our, that's our 20... 18, 19. It's going to be 2019 by the end of the season. Guys, we're getting yeah. old. I've read, I think this was on the Independent. I think it was a guy called Brooke Pitt Brook. Jack, Jack Pitt Brook. Jack Pitt lovely, Brook. Lovely, lovely fellow. That might have been it. Um, He wrote something on um Hal Robson Kanu that I read about how like he's a, a striker by day and entrepreneur with like blockchain, blockchain technology by night. So basically, yep. like he started this company that's gonna do like analytics or something like that with with uh, blockchain technology, and he was trying to he kind of explained it as much as he could, like in layman's terms, basically about blockchain technology, which I found interesting. Like you don't really associate footballers with being kind of like brainy techie people, but apparently, how Robson Kanu has some blockchain sauce that he's like prepared to go into after uh, his football career is through. Or during his football career, actually. So, what was the quote? He was basically like, a lot of my teammates, like at 1230, they're still playing FIFA. But uh, I'm trying to learn about blockchain technology. So, I found that quite interesting because I'm kind of into like reading about cryptocurrencies, even though I would never invest my money. But, you know. Yeah. Do not I'm... invest your money in cryptocurrency. <laughs> do not do it. Hey, yeah, I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this podcast and you consider getting into it, do not. Reasons? It's unethical. It's unethical. It's bad for the planet. And it's an incredibly volatile investment. Yeah, I find it. He was kind of saying like, there's always intermediaries. Like, if I wanted to give you cash, I would have to go through it remotely. I would have to go through some sort of second party middleman in order to get you the cash. But if you use like these blockchains or whatever the case may be, like it's peer to peer, so I could just give it to you. What does that mean? Which that I find that interesting. And like, it what, is, just, what does that mean, Dan? What does that open up the space for? That means if I wanted to do criminal, if we wanted to do criminal activity, I could do it without anybody are. noticing. However, but, <laughs> but, but if I wanted to give you 20 bucks without like, what's the, 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 the money sharing place that's yellow? Western Union. Western Union, Jesus Christ. <laughs> if, yeah, without Western Union, then, you know, they'd have to get like a little cut. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it opens up the possibility for criminal activity, but that's always going to be the case no matter what. So, anyway, I'll, I'll put that in the description if you're curious about that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I guess we did anything going on at the beginning, so I guess we can get out of here, guys. Um, remember, we do this every Tuesday. Follow us individually. I'm at Danny to look. Half Hope is where? That's Half Hope Pots. Carl, where can the people get you? Anchorman 616. Collectively, we're at Talking Tactics. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave us five star reviews, please. It would be very much appreciated. We do this, you know, as a service. It's free. Come on, talking tactics podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always food. Oh, indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. It's like we haven't done that a hundred times. Sports Social Podcast Network.